0: Hey friends, welcome back to the journal feed. My name is Nick Zelt, and this is the only place to get spoon-fed the latest and greatest of emergency medicine. Okay, let's take a quick look at everything that we covered from this past week. First off, give your flash pulmonary edema patients some nitro, and not just a little, but a lot. After that, merit-based payment incentives, while a good idea and concept, kind of stink. Then, uh, shark fin spotting. Do you know this ECG sign? After that, it pays to do simulation on things that are actually close to reality. At least for airway training, perhaps. And then finally, intra-articular lidocaine for shoulder reductions. It's worth a try. Now if you are hearing this right now, then you are not currently a Journal Feed subscriber and so you're not receiving the full Journal Feed podcast, only getting a portion of the past week's summaries. Don't worry, all the articles are good articles. But if you would like to get full access to both the podcast and the blog, then you'll have to become a member. All the details for that are at journalfeed.org. And remember, we don't ever want anyone to think that money is a barrier to better patient care. So if you're having any trouble affording a subscription, please just get in touch and we'll help you out. Now, this is the audio version of the past week's summaries, which this week were brought to you by Jonathan Brewer, Nicholas Sreika, Clark Strunk, Aaron Lacey, Jason Lesnik, and Clay Smith. So without further ado, I bring you the first article titled High Dose Nitroglycerin Infusion a Description of Safety and Efficacy in Sympathetic Crashing Acute Pulmonary Edema, the High Dose Scape Study out of the American Journal of Emergency Medicine. Flash pulmonary edema, now better known as sympathetic crashing acute pulmonary edema or just scape, can be scary. But the treatments for it work well, especially if they're instituted early. So let's talk about one of the cornerstones of treatment, nitroglycerin. First question then though, if we're talking about it, is how should we be giving nitroglycerin? Should we titrate up slowly, go with boluses? No, we don't have time for that stuff. Let's just go high dose, which is safe, right? It's always good to hear data that supports what you'd like to do, or perhaps what you already do. This trial was a retrospective chart review from a single academic emergency department where they found 67 adult patients who had systolic blood pressures over 160, respiratory distress with pulmonary edema, and had high-dose nitro used on them starting at at least the dose of 100 micrograms per minute these authors compared the characteristics of the patients who either did well or did not have favorable outcomes. Now, most patients, 69%, did actually quite well. To do well, you had to not get intubated, not have hypotension, and have no AKI. Now, in terms of factors that were helpful in doing well, the only factor, out of non-invasive positive pressure ventilation, a bolus of nitro prior to the infusion, loop diuretic use, and infusion dose of nitro that was shown to increase the chance of you not doing well, having a outcome was having an initial nitro infusion rate of over 200 micrograms per minute in the first hour. Everything else did not seem to make a significant difference. Notably, the initial O2 saturation was significantly lower in the group that did not do well. 94% versus 98%. So these were, you know, sicker patients, which could easily have driven the use of higher doses of nitroglycerin and that it might not necessarily be nitro's fault that these patients did worse. This is just an association, but it still shows the importance of careful titration upwards. In this spoonful, high-dose nitroglycerin, which hopefully will just be considered standard dose before too long, appears to be safe in scape. Although too much could still potentially be bad. But there was some indication confounding here, so let's just not take that as too harsh a warning. Alright, we're going to skip over to the fourth article, Titled, Achieving Competency in Fiber Optic Intubation Among Resident Physicians After High Versus Low Fidelity Task Training, a Randomized Controlled Study, out of the journal Anesthesia and Analgesia. You know what they say, perfect practice makes perfect. And in medicine, the best practice that we usually have is simulation outside of actually doing the thing. And this helps us hone skills, especially for high acuity, low occurrence events but sim can be kind of expensive and usually ramping up in cost the more realistic it gets high fidelity simulation is it better this was a small trial on 24 residents from a single academic center who were randomly assigned to perform 20 fiber optic intubations with either a high fidelity simulation model which in this case was a virtual reality task trainer or do the same intubations on a low fidelity model which was made of wood In this study, the residents using the high-fidelity model actually achieved competency faster in about half the time, 15 minutes versus 7 minutes. Four months later, the residents had to perform a fiber-optic intubation on an ASA1 or 2 patient to test their skills. At this time, four months later, on a real patient, there was no differences found between the groups. All right, personally, I'm not really very sold on this. First of all, fiber optic scopes are not really that hard to manipulate overall. And in a straightforward case, it's not clear that 15 minutes worth of training four months ago would have been very helpful in either case. I'd like to see a control group here without any training at all to prove that simulation was doing anything. That said, I do think that simulation is important and familiarity with things before you actually have to use them in real life is also very important i don't think that this study it does much to justify shelling out for fancy equipment is the problem now saving less than 10 minutes just isn't a big deal to me unless it translates to better procedural skills or at least comfort in the future in this windfall using a high fidelity simulation for training fiber optic intubation lets residents reach competency faster but no differences were measured or seen when it actually counts okay Let's do the wrap up. Let's talk about everything we talked about. Let's just bring it all together. What did we learn today? First, why go low when you could go high? That's right, high dose nitroglycerin at at least 100 micrograms per minute is probably the way to go for scape. Fourth, I'm all for high fidelity simulation, but I'm not sure it made a real difference in this trial on fiber optic intubations. Links to all the articles summarized can be found at journalfeed.org, where the newsletter is the best way to make the podcast into a nice little bite-sized nugget of space repetition. Okay, now if you feel like you're, you know, missing out a little bit, you're feeling like, hey, you know what, I'd love to hear more of the podcast, I'd love to really get into the blog, then you'll have to come and join us in the members feed. Our goal here is for you to read less, learn more, and then save lives. One spoonful at a time. Thank you.